This is Managing E-Learning with Dr. John Allickson and Matt Herpold. Welcome to Managing E-Learning. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We got a, a super interesting guest today. We have today Mark Patterson, CEO of Fianta, a company specializing in integrations with Salesforce within the association tech stack. Mark, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Mark, did we get that name right? Fionta. How the heck did you come up with that name? <laughs> <laughs> well, up until four years ago, this company had a different name. It was actually Confluence. And the leaders at the time decided they want to change it because there was some confusion with Confluence, the product from a company called Atlassian. So they wanted to come up with uh, a unique, uh, different, and um, a name that wasn't used by anybody else. So they they came up with Fionta, which has a root in the Gaelic uh, word for wine, which is Fion. Neat, neat. Well, so being big wine, being big wine lovers, we felt that that um, you know that was a good name. Yeah, you're gonna have to show me your cellar next time I visit. <laughs> So give us your, give us your 30 second elevator speech on, on the company. Sure. Well, Fionta is a Salesforce um, SI partner. We provide implementation support services for clients um, who are either using or migrating to Salesforce. So and we primarily cater to Mark, SI, what system integrator? Is that what that stands system for? System integrator. That's right. And we primarily cater to associations and nonprofits, and we've been doing this now you know, for 20 years. So for associations in particular, we provide a wide range of services, including Fontiv implementation and support, fundraising and grant making for those who work with foundations, uh, marketing automation with Pardot and Marketing Cloud, and even native Salesforce for membership. You personally have a deep background in uh, association technology, don't you? I do. I spent about 10 years at a company called Aptify, which was subsequently purchased by community brands. And um, so, yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm very much embedded in the association community. So moving on to, we have a lot of focus, obviously, in the association space as well. Why is Salesforce important to the association community? Yeah. So if you look at history, for many years, most associations have run their organizations on proprietary AMSs, Association Management Solution, meaning that the product vendor developed all parts of the solution, including the runtime platform, uh, the application on top. You are essentially at the mercy of the vendor to stay in business, to fix bugs, to provide upgrades, to continue to innovate, to ensure acceptable performance, you know, the whole nine yards. So really the choice of service partners to help with ongoing support to implement new functionality, et cetera, was, was generally pretty limited. Um, so over the past five years or so, we've seen a wave of M&A activity across the vast majority of the software vendors that serve the association space, not just AMSs. And it's kind of further constrained you know, choice as a result. So right now we're seeing, as an example, many of the legacy non-platform based vendors, uh, particularly in the enterprise end of the market, you know, struggle to stay relevant. So to answer your question, Salesforce has emerged as the dominant CRM on the market. And more importantly, it's become pretty much a ubiquitous platform upon which 
Associations can base most, if not all, of their IT footprint if they choose. So the advantages are a single database, um, a really sophisticated platform-wide model for extensibility um, that enables, enables you to basically integrate or build anything you want, um, a common reporting platform, a common analytics set of analytics tools, and a vast network of Salesforce product and services partners like us. You know, that's really compelling. There are other platforms out there, but nothing like the scale and capability of Salesforce. Can you elaborate on what you're, what you're seeing specifically in the association market as it relates to interest in Nimble and Fontiva? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of excitement around Fontiva and Nimble these days, because again, if you look at history, associations have always been accustomed to acquiring association management solutions and then tailoring them, right? That's always been the way it is. And outside of really large, complex organizations, you know, that build it from scratch model you know, never really was needed because you've always had these products that do, you know, most of what you need. So despite the fact that Salesforce has been around for 20 years, applications that specifically address the needs of associations have only really been around for 10 years and really only viable against the more established products for maybe the last five years. And I'm talking about Fontiva and Nimble. So those two in particular are the only two that are available. And they're now pretty maturely, pretty mature, highly capable AMS packages built directly on Salesforce. And they addressed most of the needs of most associations. And there's a not so funny joke in the association industry that associations are kind of like snowflakes. They all look the same until you dig in. And then you realize that they all do things differently for reasons that nobody can really explain and they can't explain. So with Fontiva and Nimble being on the you know, Salesforce platform, they leverage all the tools and capabilities of Salesforce, plus they add their own, you know, tooling on top to allow you to customize them. So, you know, kind of the punchline of all this is that why they're all the rage is because associations now have a highly viable set of options on Salesforce, where only a few years ago that wasn't the case. So my expectation is both of them are going to continue to rise in popularity as more and more associations hit the replacement cycle for the current solution. And they consider Salesforce either or again, or maybe for the first time. Can you share why the dominance of Salesforce and its partners is a good thing in the association management space? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm fully aware of the potential danger of industry dominance, the obvious doomsday risks, you know, around Salesforce increasing prices, wiping out competition, limiting choice, all that sort of stuff. I personally don't believe any, any of it's going to happen, at least anytime soon. You know, for starters, the last time I looked, Salesforce had something like 20% market share CRM market with the next largest vendor being something like five or 6%. So while they had a dominant, they have a dominant position over the next one, there's still, you know, lots of vendors out there, you know, serving the space. Secondly, I believe, you know, Salesforce is ultimately a platform company and they rely on independent software vendors like Fontiva and Nimble to build compelling applications to kind of draw new paying customers to the platform. So competition really is among the software vendors, you know, that will continue to drive innovation there. And I believe we're going to see, you know, more and more vendors that may have non-Salesforce solutions enter the market with Salesforce solutions. And lastly, I think a robust partner ecosystem is actually really, really um, healthy. You know, competition makes us better. Some associations will prefer to work with a big four firm where others might enjoy working with a boutique firm. You know, so the ability of associations to have multiple firms to choose from is absolutely a good thing. 
this is something like the, you know, the big blue IBM decision. You're going with a, a tried and true CRM and Salesforce. Can you tell me a little bit about those that make the decision to sort of build their own version of Salesforce? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's going to, there's some obvious, you know, choices to be made. And the way that we advise our clients is this, is if there's a packaged application out there for anything that meets the majority of your needs, you ought to really strongly consider using it because building it yourself means that you've got to not only you know figure out what you want to build, but you're going to have to go through the development effort to build it. And then you're going to have to maintain it yourself you know, going forward. So if there is something out there um, that has you know, thousands and tens of thousands of hours invested in it already that does pretty much what you want, that's usually going to be a better choice. But having said that, there are organizations that are either, you know, they have unique business models or they, for some reason, just want the independence from other software vendors. I think, you know, it can be a viable choice. And we actually have clients right now who we are implementing on Salesforce without using, you know, one of the um, established options because of that very reason. And that makes sense. That dives into a lot of the information on the, the native versus the branded options when using Salesforce for your right. platform. And with those options, there's a lot of choices that groups can make. What do you think the future holds when it comes to legacy systems? The purchases for using kind of those traditional AMS systems? Well, so you know, so Aptify, where I worked before, you know, is one of those. And having spent nearly a decade there, you know, it does hold a special place in my heart. And, you know, I still care about many of the people associated with it. You know, I don't have any information about recent sales activity for those products and others, you know, but we've seen a migration off of those systems of late. And my hunch is they've suffered, you know, new sales declines over the past several years. And, and I think given the heavy investment of those systems by their existing clients, I think current clients will be slow to migrate off because there's generally seven figure investments in the enterprise products that they've made, but eventually it will happen because there's a, there is a replacement cycle. It can be 10 years. It can be 15 years, even as much as 20 years, but eventually it happens because organizations realize that they need to move on to something new and it will be to platform-based solutions at that point. So I, I've heard a lot about their, the Salesforce annual conference in San Francisco. I think it's called Dreamforce. I guess the number of system integrators is quite large and probably one of the reasons that associations should look at the Salesforce. Can you tell me a little bit about what that Dreamforce is like and why you think it's a, a, an event people should attend? <laughs> well... If you haven't been, you need to put it on the calendar and go the next time they have it. It's 175 people descending on about, you know, an eight or 10 square block area of San Francisco, downtown San Francisco. Just the sheer logistics of it, of getting people moved from place to place, feeding them all and, you know, having really knowledgeable events for them to go to. It's, it's, it's really a thing to behold. It really is the one event of the year that brings it all together for Salesforce. People come from all over the world. All the vendors show up. Um, there's a lot of training, a lot of end users. All of us partners show up. You know, we speak, we we meet with people. It's um, it is a who's who. Um, so you know, you can get meetings with the people at Salesforce are important. It's just a, it's just a really great opportunity to kind of see what's going on, what other people are doing, and kind of be part of feel like you're part of a very vibrant community. John, can we uh, get that cleared for the marketing budget? I can take one for the team and attend that if if need be. <laughs> I think that'll work out. 
So Mark, I, I work closely with our clients um, on our LMS platform, Core Stage. Um, can you give us a description of some of the projects for integrating Salesforce with a learning management system like ours, for example? Yeah, sure. So LMSs are interesting in that they all seem to kind of cater to different types of needs. I mean, some are really full content authoring environments and others kind of focus on the delivery and assessment you know, piece, but and also many cater to different industries, um, you know, like Core Stage does with with medical societies and trades. So we've integrated um, specifically with Core Stage a couple of times now. We're just finishing up an integration with Core Stage to Fontiva. And I can tell you a little bit about the integration points that, that you know we've, we've integrated with. You know, one is, and this is pretty typical, is you have single sign-on. So a member logs into the member community and then they can click directly from that into Core Stage without having to re-log in. So that that kind of single sign-on provides a very seamless transition just from a user interface you know, perspective. Um, and then for this particular client, what we're doing is when, they, when that member does make that transition and they end up in Core Stage, Core Stage calls back to Fontiva and pulls all the member and membership information into Core Stage so we can use it you know, to understand you know, kind of what to present to them in terms of what they purchased or whatever. And then finally, when the member is credited, you know, with completing a course or gets credit for it, that information is then pushed back into Fontiva so that can be associated with the member record. And that may change, you know, their member status, or it may change uh, the badges they get, or, you know, there's a, there's a number of different rules that could, you know, that could happen when that event occurs. A, a smooth sharing of information, keeping it really simple for the end users and admins all to yeah. together from what I've experienced. Yes, and it's and it's a very sort of typical integration scenario where you have bi-directional delivery of data back and forth, so you're sharing information. Really interesting stuff. Help me out here now. We're our core stage LMS is sending educational data, maybe completion data, to Salesforce. Where is that data residing? Well, the typical flow, you know, for a Fontiva integration would be to store like that transcript data that's flowing back into a custom Fontiva object. So it can be reported within, you know, Fontiva. And again, since there are other things that could be happening based upon that flow of information, for example, like changing their membership status or putting a badge up on the website, there could be other, Fontiva could be triggering other activities, you know, based upon that data flow. So typically it will end up in the Fontiva application in the Fontiva part of the database after that data flow is complete. But it could as easily go straight into a Salesforce object as well. So can you explain a little bit of the difference between the Nimbles and the Fontivas and just going with uh, out-of-the-box Salesforce install? Sure. So we touched on this a little bit, but Salesforce is a CRM, which essentially tracks companies and people, right? But it does not sort of fully anticipate the data model behind and business processes behind membership organizations, specifically the concept of subscriptions and revenue accounting, including deferred revenue, the idea of committees. You know, there's a number of other things that are very specific to associations and membership organizations that a basic CRM, you know, really doesn't, you know, account for. So Fontiva and Nimble are, think of them as purpose-built for membership, and they extend those concepts of accounts and contacts to the members and memberships, the appropriate accounting rules, member communities, e-commerce around purchasing all those things, event management um, in some cases, and every everything else. I mean, a lot of which you may not need or use actually. So if you start with a Fontiva or a Nimble, you're gonna get all that as a starting point. 
And then you tailor the system from there to kind of like round out the edges. If you start from scratch, you need to build that system up, mm-hmm. right? By configuring and customizing what you need and installing app exchange apps kind of when you can. That That's the whole um, kind of model behind you know, Salesforce. And obviously for each organization, there's going to be a cost benefit calculation that you have to go through to determine which is the best option, which is the most cost-effective option, and which is going to get you there the fastest. Do you have those conversations early on on helping to select um, like the qualifying conversation, or is that typically determined before it starts? I would say it's typically determined before, and particularly when an association is coming off one of the legacy or traditional AMSs, Mm -hmm. they know they want to go to another one, right? Because the previous one, you know, for some period of time has worked for them, and maybe it stopped working for them, but it has most of what they need. That said, we do have clients that come to us and say, hey, what about just Salesforce? Like, I really don't want to be holding to an AMS company anymore. I really want to, you know, just kind of build this from scratch and be able to change it there. And we'll have a conversation. And sometimes, you know, the answer is, yeah, this is possible. And, and you know, it'll be cost effective and all that. And sometimes it's like, you know, you could, you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Always helpful to provide the guidance. So good to hear. So I know we talked about this a little bit, but I'm really interested in some more examples of when an association would just use Salesforce and then hire somebody like your company to customize it. Can you give me any examples and what is the rationale for that? Yeah. So again, it all comes down to a cost benefit analysis. We have, we have one client we're working with right now who evaluated the packaged options and then decided that for what they needed, you know, they were purchasing a lot more than they really, they would have been purchasing a lot more than what they needed. So they came to us and said, look, we would like to build a Salesforce solution that does, you know, this kind of membership. It's got a community portal and it, and it's got, you know, an e-store and it's got, um, it handles, you know, whatever else. And it was a relatively minor set of requirements. So we evaluated it. We, we looked at, you know, the pieces we would need to pull in from the app exchange, what we need to build. And ultimately we were able to come up with a solution for that client that was way more cost effective than if they purchased an app and configured it and then, you know, not used two thirds of the functionality that they would have gotten with it. So that's, that's an example of, you know, those kinds of discussions and, and that particular outcome. I would say that there's a narrow set of organizations that that really makes sense for. I think it happens on the lower end, you know, maybe a small staff organization with 10 or less people and they really want Salesforce, maybe 15 or less. And then a really, really, really complex organization where, you know, one of the packaged applications just has no chance of meeting all their needs so that they would customize it so much that it wouldn't make sense to in the first place. So they, from the very get-go, they decide to go, you know, full, um, native customized Salesforce. So at managing e-learning, we're particularly interested in the online learning options and really interested in hearing your experience with the famed Trailhead Salesforce Learning Center. We've heard a lot of good things. Do you mind sharing a little bit, maybe explaining how it started and how it's grown? Yeah, uh, happy to. So Trailhead is the ultimate LMS. Um, although I think they prefer to describe it as a learning experience platform. So it was a really, so it was originally created as a way to grow a network of Salesforce administrators by offering free training that people could take to prepare themselves for certification. I mean, they had a purpose, right? They wanted to grow the number of people that, you know, could 
work on Salesforce and therefore, you know, help the Salesforce grow. It's really comprehensive and it's organized around modules and trails, which are kind of learning pads mm -hmm. and you can earn badges. It's gamified. Um, you complete modules. You can even create custom trail mixes, which is a really popular way to sort of create a custom trail with just the modules that you want your staff, you know, to, uh, to consume. It's since exploded into this massive library of content targeted at all sorts of things, you know, all the Salesforce roles that are out there, including developers, sales managers, technical architects, business analysts. So it's really brilliant, I think, in how Salesforce has grown the talent base of the platform by providing all of this free training material. And therefore, people interested in a Salesforce career can get started really easily for free and see if it's right for them. So very self-serving on Salesforce's part because they, you know, they did it very intentionally. But it's also a fantastic learning platform, you know, that they've created and, and it's created quite a few jobs. The last thing I'll mention about it is a couple of years ago, they rolled out, they opened up the platform, I should say, for organizations to create their own branded content for their staff. So it used to just be Salesforce would post their own content and use it, you know, as a trail, Salesforce training tool. Now they have this thing called My Trailhead that companies and organizations can actually create their own content to offer to their staffs. And I believe it's a the use of it is, is is attached to Salesforce licenses. So you couldn't, for example, use it for your business. It really is focused on businesses to you that already license Salesforce to use internally. That's actually great. It's it's something I hear more and more is as people's knowledge and intelligence when it comes to working online grows, everybody's looking for that self-service possibility. So having your own training program on your own platform so people can engage for free is brilliant in my mind. Well, Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope it was painless. Uh, I don't, it didn't hurt as far as I can tell. <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I really enjoyed having you on. Thank you everybody for listening in today. Um, again, that was Mark Patterson, CEO of Fianta. Um, please go on the website and take a look at all of their offerings. There's a lot we didn't dive into today when it comes to the backpacks, the AI, all of the other tools that are available. So I really encourage you to go online and reach out to Mark and his team. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you.